Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One, 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 the supposedly cursed number in cricket, also known as Nelson, seen as unlucky perhaps because the number when written out depicts a set of wickets without bales on and called Nelson Pete because Lord Nelson allegedly lost one eye, one arm and one something else. Use your imagination. Cock. Yeah, but like most things on this show, that's pure myth. Welcome to episode 111, one, one, one of the Luke and Pete show. Somebody used his time responsibly the time in which it took for the, for the I was late basically and, you, <laughs> and I'm flustered and I'm all on holiday tomorrow and I was at the queue was last night so I'm a bit hungover everything's going off yes it is like a frog in a sock Luke it uh, is. but you used your time responsibly uh, and came up with some fantastic facts about the number 111 take a moment to think about and fully roundly appreciate the vision of a frog in a sock yeah. It's mad. It doesn't belong there. I don't think it's ever happened. I've never heard that phrase before. Frog in a sock. No. Because he would go off, wouldn't he? He'd be like, why am I in this, this cotton jail cell? I didn't say cotton. It doesn't have to be cotton. <laughs> well, Could be anything. Could like be a Veruca, Veruca sock. sock. Hey! <laughs> um, it's just reminded me, have you, have you been, uh, it's pro- I think it's about to finish. By the time this show comes out, it would have finished, but it's probably available on iPlayer. Right. Um, Autumn Watch New England. No. Obviously a, a place quite close to my heart, but mm. Autumn Watch is a great show anyway, I'd recommend it. But this year they've gone out to New England and they're based in a forest in, um, I think, New Hampshire. Beautiful. Uh, oh, mate, it is absolutely stunning. There's nowhere more beautiful in the world than um, the New England at Autumn. Uh, some of the animals there are incredible. They're, there's, there's, they were covering moose. They were covering a little tight from the tiniest little salamander, mm. um, neurotoxins in its skin, all that kind of stuff, all the way up to the biggest... The biggest moose. Fantastic television. Really Whoa. good. They, um, there was a little girl on the way uh, in, because uh, we obviously walk across, I don't know what that park's called, Highbury Highbury Fields. Is it Highbury Fields? Yeah. yeah. Is it? Yeah. Ah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought that was Highbury, well, well, I'm thinking of Hackney Marshes, aren't I? I've got those completely yeah, mixed that's, up. That's in Hackney. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah I mean, and we're not in Hackney. That was the first clue, yeah. wasn't it? Um, Were you thinking of Sherwood Forest? <laughs> <laughs> um, I was walking through that and a little girl was like picking up, you know, we're at the time where big old leaves are falling off the trees. Uh, she's picking up and going, look, mum, a leaf. And she went, yep. 
And then she was picking up another one. She went, look, another one. Yeah. And she needs to explain to that child what autumn is. I imagine, otherwise, yeah. her days are going to be rather long. We're going to be here all day. <laughs> um, recently on the Luke and Pete show, kids drinking mystery energy drinks in car parks. Oh. Um, Pete um, escorted a woman around central London looking for a chicken mask. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Don't forget that. Lies from parents about fig rolls and beer. And Pete sat over there to my left. Also had quite the sexy dream. Oh, yeah. I did have a sexy dream. I had sex with the man. Yeah, yeah. So, say that again, but slower so people get it. I had a sexy dream. I was having sex with a man. There we not, go. Not unenjoyable, as no. I imagine uh, the gay chaps know, already know. They're yeah. like, Pete, you're preaching to the choir here, mate. You're preaching to the queer here. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, good stuff. What else is new with you, Peter? Ah, uh, not a lot. Um, I um, Can I, I just, did, I just I did check? The, I did the QR yesterday, yeah. and I went on stage, and I gave a best solo mail to... Uh, Mr. Noel Gallagher. Right. Um, uh, and I was joined by a much more famous man than me, Mr. Liam Frey from the Cortinas. Uh, I, couldn't, I genuinely couldn't pick him out of a lineup. Uh, he's very tall, but he was considerably further away from the stage than me. So I arrived on stage a lot sooner. So I had to fill for a full minute in front of such visionaries as Bono and the Mod Father and Jarvis Cocker I as think, well. I think a personal regu- favourite. I think regular listeners of this show. Will know all too well what you opened with. What, what do you mean? What did I? Goodness with? me! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did that make an appearance? No. Uh, there was a Honda motorbike suspended um, from the ceiling, and I shouted, "I'm going to drop the motorbike." Where was this? Didn't get on stage. Where was this award ceremony taking place? 1996. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, so can I just can, can I just confirm? And this is a, a, a bit of a personal admin between you and I, but I think it's okay. only fair that our. our our confidants, our listeners, hear this as well. Yes, I was wearing a Ravishing Recruit t-shirt. <laughs> Were you really? Yeah, I was. No, okay, I wasn't going to ask. When we had a little bit of back and forth on WhatsApp yesterday about the time we were going to come in and record today, right. and you gave a couple of excuses why you couldn't come in at the excuses? normal time. Excuses? Just a couple of reasons yeah, why you couldn't reasons, come in at the yeah. usual time. Mm. Were those reasons true, or was it just that you knew you were going to have a late night, so you wanted to come in later? No, because the queue orders actually starts at like four o'clock. So oh, okay. I was actually, right. I was actually tucked up in bed quite early. Oh, okay. But so I the, did get pissed. The re- <laughs> <laughs> so the reasons were legitimate. They were legitimate. Well, I'm I'm on I'm away tomorrow, so I've got to just um, record an entire week's worth of definitely live, absolutely radio nineties. Oh, okay, that is definitely live. Definitely, like that is live. That's that, coming that, live. That one is coming live at you. Live and electric. Live mm. and dangerous. In the, word, <laughs> in the words of I think Phil Linnett, the late great Phil Linnett of. Um, of of um, Thin Lizzy, Thin Lizzy. Of course. I yeah. wish he was still around and I wish um, Mark Borland was still around uh, and I wish Hit no no <laughs> I was still around and I wish Hit music by them would still be being made exactly speaking of you weren't well, you were sort of making a bit of a joke about Adolf Hitler there I, I was now day and I am going to bring something else to the table right now because right. I just thought about it Goebbels? Book, I'm I'm in the middle of reading the some of the books of Ben McIntyre, right? Who um, and the two I've read so far are the Spy and the Traitor about Oleg Gordievsky, the double agent in the Cold War. Nice. And mo- more recently, Agent Zigzag about a fran- fr- frankly astonishing story about a guy called Eddie Chapman who mm. served as a double agent Britain and Germany during the Second World War. Right. It is incredible. I'd recommend it. I don't want to give too much away because I don't want to read. I don't want you guys to, to be spoiled if you're going to go and read it. If you've already read it, you'll know exactly what I mean. If you haven't, do check those books out by Ben McIntyre, Agent Zigzag, and The Spy and the Traitor. Agent Zigzag, I mean, with, without trying to give anything away, features just the most astonishing stuff that happened during the Second World War. You know, you know what it felt like to me is 
really the stakes were had never been higher during the Second World War. Mm. So they were what 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 that this book makes out is that the authorities in the UK, who probably until that point were seen or thought of as stuffy and a little bit do things by the book, mm. play by the rules, blah blah blah, were just open to doing the most resourceful out there left field business yeah. you you could ever think of. And at one point in that book, they have to stage the bombing and destruction of a massive aircraft factory. Right. So the Germans fly over, see it, and mm. think it's been destroyed, but in fact it hasn't. <laughs> so like MI5 grabbed this um, magician from like, literally like a West End magician and say, if you're going to do that... As How would you make how, it look yeah, like... And they just do it. How do they do it? And then and then they go and brief the um, the local newspapers or the big newspapers and say, "Can you so, please put a story in your newspaper?" Yes. Yeah, some of the newspaper journalists, some of the editors won't do it because, oh, no, no, this is against my integrity. We right, can't okay. offer you know, fake news. Head of, seventy years ahead of fake news. Yeah. Um, how do they do it? They, it involves a lot of um, that's the war spirit, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Literally a, killing people on the streets. No, but that's why they didn't want to do it because what? because they thought that it would be detrimental to morale. For reporting that something had been blown up of strategic importance when it oh. had it to the British people, but, but anyway, that's that's a, that's a slightly different story. How they did it involved, um, and you really should read the book. But a lot of tarpaulin painted, a lot of rubble brought in from elsewhere, right? A lot of other props and lots of different bits and pieces. So the actual body of the actual hangars were there, uh, the actual buildings were there, yeah. but they could just kind of put a lot of rubble yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's mad, and it, apparently it worked. So, Is it, was it like go. when Ian Beale turned up as a tramp? Similar. Like, it was utterly unconvincing, but from a distance. Yeah, he's got off the rails. The work, yeah. <laughs> but it's similar, yeah. The, the, um, the, the book Agent Zigzag starts with the guy in question, the sort of protagonist, as it were, or, mm. you know, part-time antagonist, um, having lunch in a hotel in Jersey mm. with a woman, this is in about 1939, mm. with a woman who isn't his wife, um, glancing over, seeing three members of the constabulary walking in looking for him, and just saying to the woman... I have to leave now, but I will be back and throwing himself out of a window and just legging it down the beach. Yes. <laughs> yeah, never to be seen again. The most exciting thing that's ever happened Brilliant. in Jersey. Brilliant story. The great Eddie Chapman, Agent Zigzag by Ben McIntyre is a book well worth reading. You'd probably pick it up for a quid from a second-hand bookshop or something. I'm reading a book about the um, Second World War um, and uh, basically it's just a lot of American servicemen and British servicemen uh, eating eggs in Italy. Um, right. And, and drinking wine. Okay. Sounds a bit like um, A Farewell to Arms, or well, That's the First World War mm. by Hemingway. There we go. There we go. Um, so, Pete, anything else ha- happening? Any sort of um, highlights from the Q Awards? I've, I noticed you're spending a bit of time with Richard Ashcroft, formerly of The Verve, recently. <laughs> I heard a stinking interview with Richard Ashcroft. Uh, was it worse than the one with Hans Zimmer, where for 20 minutes you knew it wasn't recording, but you couldn't tell Hans? Let's forget why I mentioned that. That, that, that was an off-air conversation. No, <laughs> uh, well, it's literally an off-air con- conversation. <laughs> fucking press record. Yes, I did once. Uh, I did, did once uh, interview Hans Zimmer, and I forgot to um, <laughs> forgot to press record. So at the end, like, so halfway through, I realised it was, wasn't recording, but we'd only sort of got through the main points that he needed to get across, but... But I love the idea that Hans Zimmer is somewhere, hopefully, of all the things that are equal, he now sees you as his harshest critic. I did an interview with this guy from Absolute Radio, right? Didn't put any of it out. He must have been gutted with me. He must not really not rate my stuff. I'm usually pretty good as well. I I think I can only remember twice in, in, you know, I've been doing a lot of interviews and and, and I think only twice I've messed up um, personally. Uh, one, I just turned up without, um, I I think, a a dat tip to, uh, to an interview with Borat. But right. luckily, um, a lad from Capital lent me his microphone, uh, which had an 
internal recording device in it. It's right. so boring. But what I liked about the Borat interview is um, with those interviews, if you interview like Partridge or Borat, those kind of character kind of yeah. comedians. Do they stay in character the whole time? Yeah, they do. And you have to submit questions beforehand so they can respond. They can pre-write answers, basically. Right. So they don't want to go off and want to just sound shit. They want to do gags, basically. Yeah. Um, but Borat... Um, I assume Barron's, comedians wanted that anyway, no? No, no, everyone else is fine. But if you're right. a character, you're a character, right. and, you got, and, you, and you've got to kind of keep keep in character. <laughs> but because um, I've done Coogan out of character, and I've done, I think I've done part. No, I've not done part. Doesn't matter. Anyway. Um, so I'm going to Bor- Borat, and Borat can't help but notice that I've got like a northern accent. So he, tr- he starts to break out and kind of gets himself into circles a little bit. Going, why is your voice like that? Why is yeah. you you sound like that? You sound like a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, and but. Is that his you or jokes, <laughs> but his jokes aren't sort of good enough. They aren't as good as the other ones because he's just kind of like, yeah. "Oh, this guy's a joke. Let's have fun." Did you use it all? Yeah, I used it all. Yeah, I quite liked it. Tell me about Richard Ashcroft. He uh, turned up and um, bless him, drove himself in. I spent loads of time with the fans. He was on really, really good form with everyone. And I tell you what, never been a fan of the Verve. In fact, some of the songs I actively dislike, but. His voice is sounding bloody great. His voice moment. is incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I remember going, my ex-girlfriend used to work for EMI. Mm. And she got us a couple of tickets to go and see Coldplay mm. at Earl's Court. I'm, I'd take or leave Coldplay, but I thought it'd be a good thing to go to. So yeah. we went along. It was about 10 years ago. And um, they, was, they were supported by Richard Ashcroft. Right. And we got there early and Ashcroft came out. This is, oh, I think it was Earl's Court. Yeah. And... Um, Ashcroft was just him and an acoustic guitar. And his voice was absolutely unbelievable. And I yeah. remember turning to my ex-girlfriend at the time and saying, it's a massive gamble by Coldplay getting him to do that. Because yeah. there's no way Chris Martin's voice is anywhere near as good as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And they were good as well. But I mean, I, remember, I always remember how good his voice was. It was absolutely mm. unreal. And, and, and one of the things that's fascinating about that is, you know, we, we, we sometimes, not very often obviously, but sometimes we have conversations about the fact that... Um, you know, we speak a lot because for our job and we have mm. to look after our voices, especially as we get older. And you know for a fact that Rich Ashcroft is just piling beers and cigarettes down and, yeah. and singing, and he's much older than us. So his no, voice no is still carbs. fine. <laughs> yeah, no, he's skinny, isn't he? He's really skinny. Well, he was very, uh, it, when it got to the interview part, he was really angry. Um, he'd had a week of it. I think I think the uh, reviews had just come out for his uh, album, which I couldn't find a complimentary one, to be quite frank, even though, to be honest, there's a couple of songs on there that are pretty decent. Um, uh, and, and, and I think when one critic piles on someone, everybody piles on. So he'd had a morning of that, I think. Um, Lillian had been speaking about um, marginalised groups and, and you know um, BME um, musicians who just don't get a chance, don't get a fair, fair right. crack of the whip, etc., etc., and called out Richard Ashcroft just by random. And Richard Ashcroft was like, "Well, so like he was just so angry, and he was just on send, but just just shouting about how you know different radio stations won't play his music and blah blah blah." Um, he used words like. Uh, there's an apartheid on older artists. And I was thinking, you can't fucking use that apartheid. No. Like, like, I don't necessarily remember him, um, uh, you know, talking about, uh, you know, again, marginalised groups when he was uh, very much uh, a part of the conversation in the 90s, was he? He, was, no. he, wasn't, a, he wasn't a kind of a proponent of that. Um, but I sort of went, I, he was on so, so much send, he was on shouting, 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 shouting. And, in the, and I was like, this isn't going to be the interview where I, I sit back and go, yeah, fine, Leah, let's talk about something else. Because whatever I say is going to sound like a bit of a, a gear change, a pace change, a vault fast. And, and 
I sort of went, well, I think what Lillian was trying to say is that, you know, some groups are marginalised and they don't get a fair crack at them. No, she fucking wasn't. She was fucking selling a book. And, I, and he just refused to talk to me after that. Really? And, and, like, and I was like, <laughs> well, if you're going to just send, send, send and talk absolute shit so yeah. at sort of points... It's it's a conversation, you know what I mean. However, however angry you might be, it's a conversation. And I think I was trying to clarify what Leon's points were, and he was like, "Fucking fuck!" Off. That's, that's really like, interesting as well because I haven't heard that interview, <laughs> but I saw an interview with Richard Ashcroft the other day with um, Gordon Smart of XFM, <laughs> right? Okay. And, and it was an awful interview. I mean, Gordon Smart just sits there going, "Yeah, spot on. Yeah, spot on. Mm. Yeah, yeah, spot on." Mm. A lot of people do that. You do a bit of that sometimes. Yeah, mostly. Um, uh, but Richard Ashcroft's main point was that. No one wants to hear singers making political points. Yeah. Yeah. Yet. Here we are. Well, his last album was all about, you know, putting up a mirror to society and revolution yeah. and stuff. And now yeah. it's just about love songs. I think so, it was probably so. about sticking it to the man, Peter. <laughs> yeah, like, like was, all great rock records. He was very angry about uh, about that um, little little plastic baggy falling out of his uh, jeans oh dear. Uh, in, on Soccer AM. Oh, he is angry about that. The, the less so people about have been, that, the better, yeah. People have been photoshopping things coming out of my shoes. And I'm like... <laughs> I'm like... Do you know that what doesn't sound like what someone would, on drugs would say? <laughs> I was like, I mean, oh dear. I mean, something different like your shoes, mate. I think that just uh, about wraps up our Richard Ashcroft news section. Yeah, a little, little bit so of So should we have a little break and go to some emails, Peter? All right, then. Love you. These have been moved around. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. She's going to report me for saying bugger, you know. Oh, just wait till I see your mother. You're in real trouble. Oh, I say, well, if you're going to go and see her, then tell her this bugger-shaped, fuck-shaped, fucking sphincter. <laughs> Love that. What a welcome return. 
for the great man himself. What a fucking ledge. Um, hello, sphincter. Yeah. <laughs> Where's that come from? It's not even a swear word. <laughs> hello at lukeandpeteshow.com to send us all your stories about Richard Ashcroft, Brian Blessed, or anything else you want to talk about. Yeah. Um, do, do some of the heavy lifting because Pete sometimes is hungover sometimes he's tired sometimes Outrageous. he's got nothing to say although you are dressed a bit like Danny Zuko from Greece today Pete if you don't mind uh, me saying <laughs> I think that's fair yeah wash there so tell me more tell me more have you got any emails <laughs> I have yeah uh, actually the email that came in about 47 minutes ago um, from, from <laughs> alas uh, a woman a professional who uh, basically <laughs> asked about um she works for an audio production company. That's the name of her book. Alas, a woman, a professional. Alas, a woman, a professional. Uh, was uh, she's worked for an audio production company. Um, we have recently signed with a UK tour promoter. Do you fancy doing some uh, Luke and Pete uh, live shows? Um, now she works for uh, an organisation uh, that I call my voiceover agency. <laughs> Who is this Pete Donaldson? Says, I mean, because he seems quite good. She says, "I where like... can we get him?" <laughs> she says, "I really like the Luke and Pete show." Yeah. You right. represent one of the fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've called a meeting here today because at all costs, I want you to get me the head of Pete Donaldson as soon as possible. Yes, any questions at the back? Yeah, he works in the next office. Yeah, he's just like the corner. You've represented him since 2009. Yeah. I mean, take it and, up with them, and it, and it is exactly 2009. So, when they is took, it? When they took me on, yeah. Take it up with them, yeah, Pete, because that for me is unprofessional. I think there might be a reason why I've not got any voiceover work for the last five years <laughs> from this organisation. Not so, very joined up. Reply back saying, why is Chris fucking Finch from the office <laughs> getting all my work? Is it because you don't even know you represent me? <laughs> I'm sure she's uh, from a different part of the organisation and she wouldn't, and and she, she maybe just didn't mention that, that, that we and had a, a relationship. Just, I just see it at the email that, at the me. bottom is that, PS, can I stay after 15%? <laughs> <laughs> don't back out of it now. <laughs> I think it's unfair. Uh, Alex Williamson. Hello, gents. Love the show. I saw Mr. Moore on the Victoria line at Green Park today while listening to this week's show. Very meta. Oh, yeah, he I, did. I, yeah. I reckon I remember this. Yeah, Spooky, isn't it? Did, yeah. did, he, did he just hold up his phone and just go, Ugh. He didn't hold his phone up, and I, I have no idea what he's about to say because I've not seen the email, but I you will... You let off a big guff, apparently. Yeah. I'm joking. I, I, pu- I pumped right on his face. <laughs> no, is that... Somebody was photoshopping... A young man was a big fan of Chuck Berry. He was photoshopping a picture of Chuck Berry. Uh, on for for the radio station, I said, "Ha ha!" He pumped in a woman's face once, and he went, "What?" And he was unaware of the Chuck Berry sex tape and the yeah. fact that he used to film cameras women. in the toilets. Yeah, cameras in the toilets. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what I will say, he was there, shocked. Yeah, well, I can imagine. To it. his very core, Chuck Berry is a. Is a is... And he's gone. How did you hear? How did you see Chuck Berry fart in the face of a sex worker? And I said, "He filmed it, and it's on the internet." Nick. <laughs> But you are part of internet, so you're going to know that much better than him. Going back to this guy on the Victoria line, what's his name? Uh, Alex. Alex. So uh, it, this was actually yesterday. There, there was there were huge this problems. This is yesterday, the Manic Street Preachers. There, there were was huge problems on the lines. Is Paddington still fixed? Do you want to hear the story or not? No. I was on the Victoria line and there was a lot of issues and I was stuck in the tunnel issue. for ages. Right. As a result, the Victoria line was rammed. It was right. like shoulder to shoulder. I'm standing at one end of a carriage or in the middle of a carriage and this chap is standing in the other end of the carriage. Yeah. And there's probably about 10 people between us, yeah. right? And yeah, I stand, I look around, catch his eye, yeah. and he sort of does the thing that... Licks people, his lips. You know, you know, <laughs> but you know, you've, you've experienced it before. People who know the ramble, they'll, yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll get a recognition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then, and he looked, and he nodded, and he smiled, and he looked like he was about to say something, and I thought, this ain't happening. I'm not doing this here. <laughs> so I just walked off. I was, getting, I was getting off a train anyway, so I left. So that's probably the guy that you're talking about there. I am a man who um, doesn't remember faces very well, so whenever anybody sort of comes over and says hello, I'm fucking paranoid. I've met them before. Yeah, always paranoid. Yeah, it really. But but I think that's a, me. but I think that's a general rule 
when you see someone anyway. If someone comes up to you, regardless of whatever the context is, in a work um, environment or a yeah. social environment, just be, pretend you've met them before. What bad can come from that? Mm. They'll yeah, either think you're right. really friendly or you have met them before. It's a win-win. No, but you, you have to, like, it, there's a place to, there's a difference between a place to meet you. What's the, what's the get out clause that, which one do you use? Great you to see you. Great to see you. Yeah. Yeah. Good to see you. Good yeah. to, yeah. Yeah, what's wrong with that? I don't know. I but want I, to be honest, Luke. I don't like deception. Pete, on, on, although people listening to this will be stunned to hear this, I am better socially than you, though. So that's probably why I find it easier. You are, but I am more of a crowd pleaser, so I go above and beyond. And I you're more handsome. And, all, and, and you've got better guns. Taller. Goodness um, me! What's this guy saying? Anyway? Uh, it's inspired me to finally email over an amusing story, though. I like that it's just seeing you on a train. Um, about uh, two years ago, I was out on a football team night out. Oi, oi! Let's have a lager or two. Were they, sorry, Pete, can I just confirm? Were they lads or hashtag lads? I don't know, but I imagine hashtag Jaeger was involved at one point. Down it. Down, down it. Down it. <laughs> it's in transit between bars. Uh, plastered me, thought it would be clever to run <laughs> in around. In transit. In transit. Uh, between bars, plastered me, thought it was uh, it would be clever to run around a huge revolving door at the front of a swanky office building to see how fast it could go. Which I quite like. Yeah. Uh, you can probably work out where this is going. Uh, I managed to get up some decent speed until a security guard at the front desk realised what was going on and ran over shouting at me to stop. Flight... <laughs> <laughs> Just what I like about this is, I mean, <coughs> they don't usually have revolving doors um, at night. So this is like kind of early evening, it sounds like. Yeah, they normally they decide, lock them, don't yeah, they? they yeah. normally lock them yeah. up, don't they? Um yeah, so I, a flight took over any sort of fight instinct I might have had. I mean, what kind of fight can you have in a, a revolving door with a security guard? I don't know, but I tried to jump out. Uh, only my lower arm made it. <laughs> <laughs> and I've not seen it since. Yeah, and the door slammed on it, which somehow shattered not just that panel, but all of them, leaving me standing there covered in, in glass and disbelief. Uh, luckily, the security guard was stood in shock for even longer than me, which allowed me to run off. My arm, other than huge bruise, was fine, which sounds really surprising. I mean, maybe it's just like safety glass that has to crack rather than cause any problems. And it's that stuff that shatters into tiny pieces that doesn't cut anyone. No, I mean, but just trapping your arm in a, in a, not in a doll, break, not yeah. snapping, yeah, snapping yeah. it, excuse me, excuse me. Um, two weeks later on the first day of a new job, I leave the office almost having, having forgotten about the entire incident and find a voice message left from an officer at an Islington police station wanting to discuss an incident with me. God knows how they found me. That's great police work, that hey, isn't, isn't it? that incredible? Oh, I'm going to arrest him. I'll give him the heads up first. God knows. God knows how they found me. He might I, abscond. But I went to the station as soon as I could uh, to see what they had. Oh, grass! As it turns out, they had the whole thing pretty much in HD quality. Apparently, it was 15 grand's worth of damage. Wow. I massively groveled and the cop probably uh, felt a little bit sorry for me. As the damage was covered by insurance, I somehow got away with a community resolution, which involved writing a letter of apology to the building landlords, which uh, didn't amount to much more than an in-between a style. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> Is that how you deliver that? I don't know. I sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Oh, oh, so right, sorry. Okay. I'm very sorry. Right. I'm really sorry like that. <laughs> Not very proud of it, but I hope you deem this uh, to be... Uh, content for the show I haven't been able to go near revolving doors patio doors or any kind of pane of glass without people joke panicking and shouting at me to steer clear Alex and South London uh, a great story and yeah pretty incredible speaking of uh, uh, community policing um, what was that in the WhatsApp uh, group about um, um, somebody sort of deleted a tweet there was a a, um, a police force um, deleted a tweet basically saying that uh, a man had stabbed himself like right. he was like basically uh on the the victim is in custody um he's been found with two stab wounds um he is the only uh suspect he's the only suspect in the case it's like 
What? <laughs> right, yeah. And then they that deleted it, realising that it was nonsense. If, what's the name of that, that emailer? Who's Alex? If, if I'd known Who's that Alex? about Alex at the time, I probably would have talked to him. Yeah. He sounds, he sounds suitably entertaining. Probably got caught in the door afterwards. Yeah. But can I just make it absolutely clear? I had no option to talk to him. It was it was a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of bodies. I, get out of the way. We need to have a conversation. I had to get out of the tube and walk to my destination. That's right. how bad the tube was yesterday. Ugh, yeah. Um, what about this from Lisa who says, Greetings from Maryland, USA. Greetings. Uh, recently, you read an email about someone's mum convincing their child that McDonald's stole children to make Happy Meal toys <laughs> and wondered what other lies parents convinced us were true. Now, we've talked about parent, parental lies quite a lot. It's a rich seam we've been mining, or you, the listener, have been mining. Um, Lisa goes on to say, when I was a kid, I loved to eat corn nuts. You know what corn nuts are? Um, are they the ones that are candy corn? No, not no candy it's like corn. toasted corn kernels, basically. Oh, yes. It's like yes, sweet yes, corn, but really yeah, hard, yeah. 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 Um, she said, I love to eat corn nuts. And my father convinced me, though, that they were actually made of horses' teeth. <laughs> oh, they do look a little bit like... But they changed the name so people wouldn't freak out about eating teeth. Because I adored my father, of course, and why wouldn't you? Uh, I believed every word. After all, they did look like teeth, and they were quite hard and crunchy. I continued eating them, though, because I thought eating horse teeth would somehow make <laughs> my teeth even stronger, as if my teeth would somehow absorb the power of a horse's jaw. <laughs> Uh, and I just really they like corn nuts. Grass. They never eat anything more stronger than grass. Don't Thanks they? for that, yeah. Lisa. I think that's that's a, a sort of quite <laughs> a complicated, like moral maze for a child to navigate, isn't it? Like you like the taste of them. Yeah. You want to eat them. You accept that it's quite weird to be eating an animal's teeth, which mm. it is. Uh, yeah. You think maybe I'll get some strength out of it. Yeah, I would be more um, interested in whether she thought of French kissing a horse. Well, I'm sure you would, Peter. <laughs> um, go, that's just reminded me to go back to your collection. To go back, going back to Autumn Watch. Um, the one thing about Autumn Watch New England, which is there's somebody French because no, no, or a stag. But they've got a carcass cam. What? Ah, oh, to see it all break down and stuff. So they put a carcass in like a, a clearing in the forest, mm. set up a lot of cameras, and then see how it breaks down, how it deteriorates, but also what animals come along to try and feast on the carrion. Yeah, I think it was a deer. Um, and um, at one point, this coyote comes up, starts sniffing around, mm. having a little dig at it. Can't get any of the food or the meat, sorry, through the through the um, the tough skin. Yeah, it, it hasn't got the jaw mm. um, sort of strong enough. Has this little sniff around there, just grabs the lower jaw of the dead deer, yeah. just rips that off, and runs away with it. Yes, I love that. I'll make a soup. <laughs> probably thinking, I'll make a soup. I'll boil that down. Oh, let's get the teeth out. Yeah, delicious. It's, it just made me feel a little bit odd. I don't know why. And the entire, but it's just weird that the actual tendons are broken down so quickly that you just could just remove an entire jaw like that. We got a um, the skin. I think it just sort of snapped it off. Ooh. We got an email about raw chicken. Should I try and find it? <laughs> All right, because cool. that's just reminding me of it. I read it earlier. Um, can you just feel while I try and find it, please? Certainly can. Um, there was an email from somebody who um, talking of uh, teeth. Um, uh, Daniel Abbott sort of got in touch and said that um, Darth Toothman is a dentist. He was sort of saying like a nominative. Oh, no, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Um, Les McBurney <laughs> is a firefighter in America. Les McBurney. That's great. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, Gregory and Timothy Weed were two brothers, uh, both arrested for marijuana possession. And Stormfield is an American meteorologist. Stormfield, yeah, that's a mm. presenter, I think. There's, uh, there's, a, there's a meteorologist in America called Pete Donaldson as well. There we go. Check this out from Chris Woodward. I found it now. Uh, at some point in the past, Pete, I think you were talking about. Um, in some parts of Japan, maybe they eat chicken medium cooked or something. Yeah, yeah. Which I think yeah, is yeah. horrendous. But excuse me, 
<coughs> oh, I've got a bit of a cough. Um, Chris has got in touch and said, look, your story from a few episodes back uh, about eating medium chicken reminded me of when I first moved to Japan. Uh, it's not Chris Broad, by the way. This guy's someone else. Uh, I had been sent to a rural town and was keen to immerse myself in the local culture and cuisine, and so I went exploring. My girlfriend and I stumbled across a lively-looking izayaka. Is that like a little shop? Izakaya. Uh, izakaya, what is it? Oh, it's like a, it's like a drinking establishment. Maybe a little right. bit of food as well. Well, Chris has spelt it izayaka here. So it, oh, it, oh it, maybe, maybe... The error's on him, Pete. Maybe uh, izayaka is a, is a thing as well. I don't know. Anyway, Chris says, not being able to understand or read Japanese. I sat down and hoped for the best. Um, we pointed to some uh, random item on the menu. Uh, I imagine that's quite a regular thing to do when you're a Westerner oh, yeah. in Japan. Kore, um, kore wa, this. <laughs> uh, right. Kore wa kudasai, uh, this please. And he said, only to be presented a few minutes later with a heaping serving of raw chicken. Oh, yes, boy. He said it was enough for a small family. And I should probably point out at this point, my girlfriend is a vegetarian. So I was on my own. Um, It was about as appetizing as you might imagine, but wanted to be polite and not offend. I gamefully had a few mouthfuls, quickly washed down with as much beer as I could to get rid of the taste. Um, But I couldn't get the thought out of my head, will this kill me? After eating about 15% of it, we made our excuses and sheepishly exited. Uh, But I have survived to tell the tale. Mm. Keep up the great work, Chris. I thought that... That email. I enjoyed the word gamefully there. Yeah. yeah. I thought that email, Pete, and I would have been absolutely delighted if it had, was going to end with, and then as we were leaving, we saw a little grill under the table. <laughs> but that <laughs> wasn't, it. That wasn't included. Didn't use it. Um, oh, there we go. The, the first time I went to Japan, I was uh, by myself, and I, um, a lot of the um, restaurants have like little kind of um, vending machines that vend tickets. So you, you choose your thing, you put your money in. And it vends a little ticket, and then you take that to the chef, and he cooks up whatever you've um, selected on the, on right, the wall yeah. stuff. It's quite yeah. an efficient uh, way of doing it. I quite like it. Um, but what I didn't realise was that I'd ordered three family-sized meals, <laughs> <laughs> and I was unfamiliar at the yen-pound conversion rate. Right. Uh, and so what the man sort of just looked at me was expecting other people to arrive, uh, and, and gamefully, um, gamefully um, mm. served me three servings of like just a gigantic feast what did you do um i googled the word uh the words uh ukisugiru which is um too big <laughs> <laughs> and then ate one of the meals and left went and went uh ukisugiru um did you pay for all of them uh yeah i paid for, yeah i'd, only, I'd already paid for them I'd, oh, oh of course yeah you said yeah okay yeah and um, when i was in uh, munich with my wife uh, a month a few months ago probably six months ago now and uh, we went to quite a nice restaurant for dinner one of the nights and my wife ordered the salmon mm. But obviously, the German um, menu mm. hadn't converted it to smoked salmon. Right. And um, she doesn't like smoked salmon. She likes cooked salmon. Oh, but it was like though. a massive plate of smoked salmon. Uh, and um, she was like, oh, well, yeah, I can't really eat this. Um, but she ate some of the stuff around it at the salad and just left a big pile of smoked salmon. And the, the waiter came over later after I'd finished. And obviously, he couldn't really speak any English. Mm. And he just went up to her, looked and went, too much? Oh. <laughs> yeah. And she went, yeah. <laughs> went, okay, took it away. Too smoky. Yeah. Uh, if I, I mean, was, I, if I, I was that I, waiter, I, I had to pay for it. So it fine, fine. <laughs> if I was that waiter, that would be. I'd be. Oh, damn it! I imagine he got it straight down straight his Straight in my mouth. Yeah, that's perks of the job. But as oh, far as I'm concerned, lovely old job. There we go. That's probably about enough time for 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 episode one one one, aka the Nelson. Yeah. But we'll be back with episode one one two in just a few days' time. Say goodbye to our lovely listeners, Pete Donaldson. See you later, guys. And it's goodbye from me as well. It's been a bloody pleasure. Hello at lukeandpeacher.com to get in touch. And please tell all your friends and leave a review. Have some raw chicken.
was a Radio Stakhanov production. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.